All right, welcome back to another episode of Producer Grind Podcast. Carrington and JB with me. Yo, yo. Gabe from Legion Beats in the building. What's good, bro? What's going on? Honored to be here. Thank you. Yes, sir, man. Real excited about this podcast, man. I feel like there's going to be crazy gems drop here. Gem alert. So is it safe to call you? So I watched a lot of your content. Is it safe to call you the biggest selling producer of all time, online producer of all time right now? Ooh, so I'm going to say that might be the guy that I recently partnered up with, Anno Domini. Okay. I'm going to say between the two of us, mm. yes. And maybe, maybe I would be like the fastest growing or something because he's been doing it forever. But um, I'm up there. There's, there's, okay, I'll say this. So there's two people who have won, uh, they call it the Two Comic Club Award yeah. from ClickFunnels. I'm sure we'll mm -hmm. get deep into all this kind of stuff. But basically, we've generated over a million dollars in sales from selling beats online. And it's me and Anno Domini. So, I mean, you both got it. You both, we both separately, your own separately have both yeah, gotten yeah, that. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, now, I don't know. I don't know about anybody else, but nobody else has done that as far as I know. For sure. Now we'll definitely get into that, man. I know, you know, you got a whole new, you know, uh, business model for producers to talk about. You know what I mean? Um, definitely want to get into that. Now, <clears throat> I, I, I want to talk about, because I watched a lot of your other interviews and uh, I guess uh, I, you didn't get as deep into like that grind period, that 10 years that you were talking about where you, you know, were, you know, trying different things and not really successful. So I want to start off there yeah. and uh, just talk like, what first of all how did you first even you know get into music and making beats yeah for sure well if i'm gonna take it all the way back i was uh so my dad he's a chiropractor but he does all kinds of stuff and he's okay. always loved music and so when i was in high school he kind of got a little recording studio and he got what was like the cool stuff at the time which was adat tapes do you guys know what that is they're like nah. these, they look like vhs tapes they're like these giant tapes and they're like multi-track you know recorders where like it's like basically like right before like all the software. Kind of yeah, stuff, that's right? the one before. Yeah, it's, it's old. It's big. It's, yeah. <laughs> like at the time, it was great. It was super cool. So like, so and he had like some some uh, some keyboards and like a little drum machine. And so like I would literally like program some drums on the. It was a TR six two six. It was this old like super old rolling little drum machine. And so I'd like program drums and then I hit record on the thing and let it run for like three minutes mm -hmm. and then I rewind the tape and then it like play the keys for like three minutes, <laughs> like play a little yeah. loop and then rewind the tape. So like, um, that's, that's when I first, first got into it and started making beats and stuff. And that was like, you know, my first introduction to it. And then, and then from there got into like, you know, got a Triton and then into the software and all that kind of stuff. Damn. Gotcha. You was cooking up, cooking up, cooking up. <laughs> OG yeah. Cooking yeah. Up. Like, yeah. To record. <laughs> so if your dad's a chiropractor what made him start a recording studio that was my first question yeah so he's I mean my dad does a lot of stuff like um, he's got runs a nonprofit, and he's a speaker he does all kinds of stuff but he's always loved music he's never done it for a living but he's always made music in, in some way gotcha so it's just always been a part of his life mm -hmm. and then at that time did you start engine when did you get into engineering as well yeah I kind of did it at this uh, no, I started making beats first, and then I got into engineering shortly after. Mm -hmm. So, like, I started interning at a recording studio for a guy named Narda Michael Walden. Mm -hmm. um, actually, it was crazy. It was like, um, I was just looking for studios in the area, and I, I opened up the phone book. This was, you know, 2002 when, like, a phone book was a thing. Like, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I'm, like, 36 years old, so I'm like... Um, but, uh, yeah, I opened up the phone book and just looked at, like, recording studios in the area. I happened to call this one studio and it's owned by this dude, Narda Michael Walden. And he, this guy's got three Grammys. He won producer of the year, album of the year, song of the year, like Damn. platinum plaques, like um, produced for like Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, uh, Aretha Franklin, like Dang. who's who of like R&B and all that kind of Legendary stuff. Legendary stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I had no idea. I just called like whatever studio and I was like, hey, you guys want some free help or whatever? Like, and he's like, sure. 
Mm-hmm. And so I just went down there and I started just hanging out. And interning. Doing, so, you offered, yeah. uh, so you offered the intern? Yeah, but it was nothing official. Like there was no, they didn't have like an internship program or mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, do you guys want me to come down and like, just I'll help just, out. yeah, just help mm-hmm. out. And so that was kind of my first introduction from there. Um, that's when I really started learning engineering and started, mm-hmm. you know, running sessions there and, and um, while also producing at the same time. But that, but engineering became a huge asset to me like that's something right. that really kept me going where like mm. there's been like years where like I did better with with producing and years where I didn't do as well mm-hmm. but like being an engineer has been like steady money like like right so that that's like a great man engineering has been huge for me right mm. like, it's like the a, nine to five that's a big a, gym a yeah and not mm. only that like it's great so like as a as as like a great way to make money but then it's one of the best ways to get in with artists too, because like, right. it's, like if you're a good engineer, like like artists will work with you. Like that's that's I feel like that's a little more rare than like everybody's got beats, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like they yeah. won't even listen to them necessarily. They don't, you know, right. it's like whatever. But like if you're the engineer, like first of all, they'll want to work with you if you're a good engineer. Yeah. And then second of all, who do you think plays the beats for these artists? It's the engineer. Exactly. Like when I'm in when I'm engineering sessions, I'm pulling up their email and like playing shit. So like if you're trying to get a placement, you know, with the producer, like. Or sorry, with the with the artist, like getting good with their engineer, because that's the dude who's gonna be playing the beats for him anyway. Facts. Let the gems begin. The, the engineers, <laughs> Let the gems begin. The engineers be having the artist emails on their computer. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? From exactly, I have exactly right. I have so, the uh, yeah, like artists, like the yeah, just log in. I just have like their yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a gem right there. <laughs> so what was your what was your like um, end goal at the time? Like, what did you see yourself your career turning into at this point? I mean, I was definitely trying to do the traditional, you know, industry route. That was all I thought existed, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was working with the artists in the area. Um, you know, this was back 2006, 2007. So it was like the hypey movement was kind of the thing. And so, you know, I don't even know if you guys know who these guys are. But like in the Bay, you know, these guys like the Mr. Fab, Keek the Sneak, uh, Messy Marv, Yuck Mouth, you know, E42 short, I think you guys would know, but yeah, like, definitely. you know, I don't know about some of those other guys. I know well. Mr. Fab. Yeah. I've heard of Yuck Mouth before. Yeah. Um, so just working with those guys and trying to do what I thought you're supposed to do, which is like work with the guys in your area and kind of, you know, try to work your way up. And so I did okay at that at first. You know, I did pretty well. Like mm-hmm. we, uh, I teamed up with uh, with my partner, uh, Phil. Um, we used to go by the Slap Boys back in the day. And that was like, it was like some Bay Area. T- like, I don't even know if people know that terminology. Like, oh, it's a slapper. It's a slap. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Talking and, about music, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I feel like now maybe more people know, but back then, like. So West yeah. Coast is more music, but it's beats more. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. Slap. beats. Yeah, like seven for a beat. But I yeah, know beat for West Coast, that's a song. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a slapper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. But, like, Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> but like back in like 2006 or whatever, like we'd travel somewhere and they'd be like, slap boys. Like, what is that? That sounds like some weird whatever. So, yeah, so we changed. So we ended up changing our name to uh, to the Legion. But um, but yeah, that was how I came up with just trying to, you know, just work with the local artists. And, you know, we did good. We got mm-hmm. songs on the radio and work with the artists that were big in the area. And um, it just at a certain point, it just felt like I had kind of plateaued. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't really getting I wasn't getting like the huge placements and I wasn't making much money off the placements I was getting. And uh, I was feeling kind of stuck. Like I was kind of doing that nine to five of the engineering thing, which was cool. But it was like, you know once I was about 10 years in, like I was, I was ready to give up. I was mm. like, yeah, this is not, you know, I'm not going to, I was still living at my dad's house. Like I couldn't afford like, right. you know, anything like this is not a way that I'm going to be able to provide for myself, let alone like if I want to provide for some you know, like family, family or, or anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I was ready to give up. And then that's when I was like, 
oh, maybe I should try selling beats online. You know, and that was really only about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of like changed my whole life. Yeah. Now, would you, in that 10-year that, uh, time, would you say there was times where you were lazy or were you really trying, like you were actually focused and... I mean, anybody who says they were never lazy is lying. I'm mm. sure there were times when I was lazy, especially when, like, I would start getting down, like, you know, like, especially sort of towards the later years where it felt like, you know, in the earlier years, it was exciting. Like, I, I felt like I was moving up. I felt like mm-hmm. things were happening. But then when it kind of felt like it was plateauing a little bit, like, yeah, I wouldn't be super motivated. Like, if I had a session booked, like, I would, I'd show up. But I definitely wasn't, like, grinding and, like, making beats all night, you know, all the time. Like, there was times when I would, but for sure there was times when I was, like, just had lost the motivation to do it. Right. And then you were, you were like, uh, how old were you at this time? You were a little older, right? Um, yeah. So by the time I started selling beats online, I was like 30. I was like just just right before I turned 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of guys, I've talked to a lot of guys that are kind of later 20s, early 30s, and they kind of, they reach a point where they're like, yo, things aren't working. Like, I'm getting older. Like, should I even continue, you know, trying this or doing this? Or should I get a regular job? Like, what would you say to those guys? It's tough, man, because I was there. That's exactly what my thoughts were like. Oh, yeah, I guess mm. I guess I have to get a real job. I guess I'm done, like, whatever. And, like, that was right before I had this huge breakthrough where, like, now, you know, I'm super excited about what I do. Like, I'm making a good living. Like, you know, I'm flying out to Atlanta on last minute's notice. I get to hang out with you guys and, like, <laughs> you know, these other dudes. So it's like, so for me, you know, like I say, man, like, stick with it because you never know when that breakthrough's going to come. But, like, I don't know. Nobody knows. Like, so it's it's tough. I will say, like, you definitely don't know. If you had asked me at that time, I would have never imagined that I'd be where I am mm-hmm. today, you know? So. Mm. Now, you said you didn't start selling beats till you were 30, but you moved out of your dad's house at 27. So that three years, what were you doing um, that was able to financially uh, support you? Yeah, I mean, it was just... I think I, I was always selling beats. I just wasn't selling beats online. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it was really the shift of um, that when I started making good, you know, good money or like decent money was really from selling beats online. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just. When you were selling them like just per, in a not online, it was enough to just get the bills paid and make it have a living. Barely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barely. Mm-hmm. And then around this time, that's when you, is that when you discovered um, Anodomini? Yeah. So then. So then I got into selling beats online, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of looking at like, okay, well, what are what are all the other producers doing? Because I don't know, like, I guess whatever they're doing is probably mm-hmm. what I should do, right? Yeah. And so I'd kind of look and kind of try and model after what they were doing. And like, I got a couple sales, you know, which was like, cool. I was like, oh, cool. I made 20 bucks. I made 50 bucks, whatever. Like, which even though it wasn't a lot of money, it kind of felt good where like, instead of like trying to, like, I feel like the placements game, like you're always like chasing after people. You're hearing mm-hmm. no a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting rejected constantly, but like, with this, it kind of felt like, cool, like, I'm putting my beats out there and, like, people are just, like, PayPaling me money while I sleep. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So then from there, it was like, okay, that was, like, a little more motivating. So, like, let me learn a little bit more about maybe I can pick up a little tip or trick with marketing that that might make this go a little better. And so I started looking into that. Um, and then I started – and then I found Anno Domini. That's when I found him. And so he was somebody who had been around forever. Like, he was one of the first dudes to put a PayPal button on a SoundClick page, which mm-hmm. was, like – that was like the whole game for like, I don't know, right. five or eight <laughs> years or whatever. Um, so he was at the forefront then. And then he was smart enough to to pivot again and like yeah. try something new. And so I was kind of looking, okay, what are all the producers doing? You know, starting to kind of geek out. I'm like, all right, this is how this guy's kind of selling beats. And when I saw what he was doing, I was like, oh, this is different. Like this guy's smarter. Like this guy's doing something different. Mm. Um, and I just, I literally like 
clicked on a link that he had and it said uh, the URL was like anodomini.clickfunnels.com. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this looks interesting. Let me find out what that is. And then from there, that sent me down a whole like crazy rabbit hole of learning about, um, so learning about ClickFunnels. So mm-hmm. ClickFunnels is a software. It's uh, the CEO of the company is a guy named Russell Brunson. Back. And um, it's basically the software that most sales funnels are built on. And that's this whole concept we get. We can get deep. I, I can yeah. talk about it for hours. We can get deep into it. But like people use that, it for everything from like supplements to uh, right. training courses, all kinds of stuff. Right. Every, literally everything. Like it's. Yeah. So what is OK for someone that's never heard of a sales funnel or mm-hmm. a click funnel? What is it like? Break it down for them. Yeah. So like. There, there's a couple ways to think about it, but like the way that I like to think about it is basically to some extent, everybody, ha- if you're, if you're selling something, you have a funnel, you just might not have a good one or you mm-hmm. might not have a smart one. So basically like your funnel is like everything that you do that takes your customer, your potential customer from like not knowing who you are mm-hmm. all the way to loving you, buying from you, buying from you over and over again. Right. Yeah. So what does this journey look like? What are all these steps that, that happen in between? And so the idea with, creating a sales funnel on purpose is that you actually control each one of those steps. And so like, just an example, like on each page, usually there's like one call to action. There's one thing you can do on each page, right? Where it's like, like all I want them to do on this page is give me their email address in exchange for this or whatever, or like, or just focus on this one product or this one group of products. As opposed to like, if you think of a traditional website, there's like, a menu with a whole bunch of stuff. There's links out to your social media. Mm. There's all this stuff. Mm. And it's like, there's all these places you can go. There's all these, you know, it's almost like the analogy that I like to use sometimes is like, if you walk into like a Costco or a Walmart, like you just walk in and there's just stuff everywhere, right? And you might kind of find the stuff you want. Mm -hmm. But like, if you walk into like some like high-end clothes retailer, like some dude might greet you at the door and Mm -hmm. be like, hey, what's up? Like, what's your name? Cool. Like, let me show you what I think you're, what, you know, what I think you might need. Like, cool. Okay, now that you got that, here's the next thing that you're going to need. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, it's taking through them, taking them through that process more on purpose as mm-hmm. opposed to just like sending them on their way. Gotcha. If, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <clears throat> now, so when you, when you, when you were selling Beats Online, like what was the, the, what was the best you ever did, you know, selling Beats Online and what were you doing? What was your business model? Yeah, so at first what I was doing, first I was on SoundClick because that was like, I kind of caught the tail end of that. Okay. Um, and then and then on BeatStars. Um, but yeah, just trying to do like basically the game that pretty much every producer who sells beats online does, which is mm-hmm. to try to um, rank high for certain keywords on YouTube, try to grow their Instagram and drive that traffic to their beat store. Like that's literally the whole game. Like 99% of producers, like most producers right now that are listening to this, that are selling beats online, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I started out doing, you know, and it's, it's, um, you can have some success doing it. And, you know, and there's some guys that, that are doing okay. And like, but the way that we're doing it is, is just, it's a different level. Like, like, so, okay. So here's like some math on that. So like, if you think about like, okay, you put out a YouTube video and let's say you're like killing it at that keyword game where like you're ranking for Drake type beat, Migos type beat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you're getting, let's say half a million views, right? That's like, that's like about on the high end of what, you know, yeah. what these guys are about, yeah. <clears throat> are going to get. So like, okay, cool. You got 500,000 500, people to watch that. But like the first link in the description is going to go to their beat store. Cause that's the, mm-hmm. that's, that's the business model, right? So like people think like it's super easy. Oh, you get 1% of the people to watch it, to click on it. Like, 
No, that's not. It's not that easy, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's actually going to be a lot. It's probably closer to 0.1% or maybe less, mm-hmm. right? So like, but let's, even if you said it was 1%, then we're at <clears throat> from 5 million, or sorry, 500,000. Now we're at 5,000 people, right? Yeah. Now they click over to your beat store, like your conversion rate of somebody who's on a store like or some type of sales page to buy, like 1% again is pretty mm-hmm. good, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're talking about where we're at 5,000 now we're at 50 people, yeah. right? 50 people. Sorry, sorry, guys. Too, too much math here. <laughs> I was we're, thinking about it. I was like, <laughs> no, you're on it. You're on it. So then, so now, okay, so now you got 50 people, right? 50 people are going to buy. And let's say on average, you're selling your beats for 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 beat, or 100 bucks for, for a beat lease, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say on average, it's 50 bucks. So now 50 people bought that beat lease for 50 bucks. And so now you made $2,500 total All right. for the lifetime value of that one video. Right. Right. So, okay. So let's say you're killing it at that game and you do four of those a month. Now you're making 10,000 bucks a month. Cool. You're making low six figures a year. And those are the guys that most producers are looking up to as killing the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we've done days where we've done $55,000 in revenue. We've had, you know, a week where we've done $200,000 in sales. So it's like what we're doing, like the ceiling of that is way higher. And the thing is that most producers only see that model Mm -hmm. so they're looking up to the guys that are only here like they don't even realize because those are the guys that are big with the branding those are the guys that show up you know in the search results so they think they're the highest of the the, the top of the pole exactly and most guys would think like five hundred thousand views on youtube like yo like that's that's my end goal like you said like that's the like most guys maybe getting ten thousand at max so their conversion is way way less than that way less than that exactly right Mm -hmm. exactly right Damn, that's crazy. So you would think a half a million views would equate to more than about 2,500 bucks, but. Yeah. And I mean, you know, maybe, maybe the math is off a little bit somewhere, but the, the, the concept is the same. Like there's, there's, there, that's about the ceiling. You know, I don't know, maybe somebody's made a little more, but like, it's only going to scale so far. Right. And off of that, how much are you spending on ads? But True, true. I feel like um, you should pay attention to the conversion rate. Like you said, like 1% is not even realistic. Yeah, it's not even realistic. Like, and I feel like a lot of a lot of producers like they don't even know to pay attention to conversion rates. They might not even know what that is. And a lot of this marketing talk is kind of like I, I heard you talk about this with Payne One uh, on the music music uh, entrepreneur club interview. He said like he kind of resisted all this stuff at first, and because it's like it's nerdy. It's like nah, bro. I want to be in the studio <laughs> smoking weed and making beats, work, sure. working with Young Thug. It's not like I don't want to be at home on Click Funnels. And, right. You know what right. I mean? But like now, nah, all this stuff is like. This is how you can make money, you know what I mean? Especially if you if you live in a small city and you want to be an online producer. <laughs> so what? Uh, now you said there's a there's a ceiling pretty much on that business model, right? Mm-hmm. I would say so because unless nobody's getting ten million views that I, or maybe I'm wrong on beats, but whatever it is, like you're still you're gonna bump up against that ceiling at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm talking about in earnings too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying if they're doing that model, you know scale it up okay right. we did an example where they're doing half a million like yeah it's only going to scale up so far you're going to hit a ceiling got you got you yeah. and now um uh so talk about like some of the holes in that business model so yeah it was like you were saying like the conversion rates right so like how can you improve that so for one thing like that that is their whole sales funnel right that's the whole model so like instead like one thing you can do right away instead of having that link go to like hey buy this beat and mm-hmm. only probably 0.1%, maybe less, are going to click on it, offer them something for free. Say, hey, get three free beat leases or 10 free beat leases or whatever. Like, 
offer them something for free, and then now have them land on a page that's, you know, like a, a sales funnel where it's like, on that page, it's super simple. All it is is like, hey, if you want these five free beats? Cool, enter your email, right? And it's like, there's nothing else they can do. They can't click off to your socials. They can't do something else. They can't buy anything even. It's just, that's all super simple. There's like this marketing concept that a confused mind says no. So like, mm-hmm. don't give them hella options. Just be like, you could either do this or leave. Like, that's it, right? right. right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, you know, I'm seeing 50%, 60%, sometimes 70% opt-in rates on those kinds of pages because Dang. they want it, right? They want a free, like it's it's right. a no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden what you've done is you've gotten 10 times, 100 times more people, whatever, to click on that link in the first place. You've gotten now way more people to take that action than by, you know, what, what do we say, 1% compared to 70% or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's a couple things like, to me, the concept from there is like, um, so Russell Brunson is like my my mentor as far as business. I mentioned him earlier. He's a guy who, who kind of uh, is a CEO of ClickFunnels. And so he, ha- he has this concept called a value ladder. So the whole thing is you climb them up your value ladder. So like mm-hmm. the first exchange you made was like, they entered their email and you gave them some free beats. And they're going to listen to those beats and they're going to be like, oh, these are dope. Like, wow, that was a great trade. Like, I right. feel really good about that. And now you climb them up the value ladder. Now you're going to be like, hey, here's this next offer. I'm going to give you this, this, and this. I'm going to give you five beats plus this, plus this, or whatever it is, right? Next thing up your value ladder. And they're going to be like, all right, for 27 bucks or what? We're talking about sevens earlier, but like whatever, you know, <laughs> 30 bucks, whatever. The price is, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to give you this, this 30 bucks. You're going to give me that. And then they're like, oh, wow. Like I gave him 30 bucks. And what I got, the value I felt from that was like a hundred bucks or more. Like this feels great. Now you offer them the next thing. Now right. it's, hey, do you want to sign up for my membership? It's 147 bucks a month, but it's like every single time you've stepped up my value ladder, you've gotten more in return. So you're going to want to continue to to mm-hmm. climb up that value ladder. Yes, sir. Got you, got you. Yes, sir. I definitely want to get definitely way more in depth on the producer funnel. But um, when so when you said when you first started selling Beats Online is when you kind of really started learning about the marketing stuff. And I know you said you bought a whole bunch of courses, bought, uh, went to seminars, even paid someone 25000 a year for coaching. Yep. Talk to us about that that journey. Yeah, man. So it's, it's funny because like for those 10 years before that, when I was, you know, you know, trying to get placements and had my studio and stuff like that, like technically I was a business owner, right? But I didn't, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur or a mm-hmm. marketer and everything was just kind of word of mouth and kind of networking or whatever. But when I started to sell beats online, when I started to get that success, then it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. So like, let me learn a little bit more. And then I'd learn a little bit more and then I'd apply that. And then I'd get more results. I'd be like, right. oh, this is this is really cool. And then eventually became not just because of the results, like the results are great. Like the money is cool, but it's almost like the scoreboard. And then like, it becomes a fun game to play right. by itself. The marketing, the business side, the entrepreneurship, just like making beats, like you geek out about the plugins and, and right, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. It's the exact same thing with marketing. Like you start to geek out about the software and the different <laughs> ways that you can do it. And and so it's like, I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but like there's some similarities. Like you right. can get really creative with the way that you create your marketing campaigns, just like with making beats, you can get super deep into that world. And so for me, I feel really lucky that like I got so into it that it was like, Oh, this is fun. Like I like on my free time, like I'm thinking about this just like just like for making beats, like like this is fun. Right. And I was able to combine that with making beats. And now all of a sudden, because I was doing both and and interested in both and excited about both and spending the time on both, I was able to to you know have the success that I've had. Now talk to us about that 25k a year um coaching. <laughs> was it yeah. worth it? Yeah, oh absolutely. So that's so it's so Russell Brunson, it's mm-hmm. that's that's the guy who's gotcha. you know what I mean? And it's literally his so Russell Brunson, he's a guy who will 
tell you exactly how to sell somebody while he's selling you. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like going through a click funnel while yeah. he's teaching you. Literally, yeah. bro. Literally, like, he'll tell you, like, all, every single trick, all the psychology, all the kind of stuff, and you just, like, pull out your wallet. Like, it's, like, it's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. But it's that value ladder concept. Because, right. like, the thing is, like, the first, the first year I signed up for that last year, like, it was a shitload of money. Like, there, I was no way I was expecting to do it. But in my mind, I was like, okay, every time I've given this guy money, I've made way more money back. Mm. Now he's asking for a lot more money than I've ever given before. But man, basically it kind of set up this thing in my mind. We're like, okay, I believe that what he's talking about will work. And the way I think it'll work is it's going to make a lot of money. So then the only way that I could not buy this is if I don't believe in myself. You mm. know, and that's all partly because of how he set it up, right? He said he's a, he's a very smart dude, right? It's the same concept with your whole beat story, like the provide the value. Well, okay. He gave me all these free beats. The next step I'm going to take, well, he hasn't done me any wrong in the past. So this next step. Right. Like exactly. Right. Taking <laughs> exactly us through the right. quick Almost. Exactly right. right. Yeah. Right. And then and then I signed up for the coaching program. And it it the way that it transformed my business is like, you know, we we doubled our revenue from the year before. We you know we did over half a million dollars last year in revenue. That was the first year we signed up for this coaching program. You know, the year before, we were, it was around like 250 or whatever. So like, yeah, that's worth it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I can't say he's... The, that coaching program is the reason for a hundred percent of that growth, yeah, but right. it's a good chunk of it, kind you know. Of. So, absolutely, it's a great return on investment. So, I kind of want to, um, okay, if I'm listening along, right? You just told me, okay, add this description in my bio, right, or in my YouTube video. Take me to a ClickFunnels sales page. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got their email. Now, what do I do? What's the next step from there? Yeah. So, right after that, what I would recommend is um, that's like the perfect chance to start building that rapport. So, like, okay. what I would do is I'd have you know the next page. Be like, cool, hey, you know, those those beats are on the way to your inbox. Like, you know, they'll be there in about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, in the meantime, you know, check out this video. I'm going to, I want to show you how you can get the most out of those beats. Right? Yeah. So now the psychology is like, cool, like, all right, goodwill. Like, he gave me some free beats. He's going to show me how, like, great, cool. Mm-hmm. Now you introduce yourself. You tell your story. You start building that rapport. You start building that personal brand, that personal connection. Mm-hmm. And now you're giving them some kind of offer. You're offering them something. And then this is where we get into, like, the difference between an what an offer is, like a true offer, and what like a beat lease is, which is which is a commodity. Okay. Mm, and yep. so like, so what I mean by that is like commodity is like commodity is like uh, you know, like milk or or gasoline, right? So like you can kind of get it anywhere, it's kind of about the same price, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you think about it, like how do you how do you decide we're gonna get gas? Like just wherever. Whatever, whatever's you, on the corner. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah whatever. guess what's close, what, what's, what's near us. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> it's probably going to be either whatever's the most convenient or maybe whatever's cheapest, but probably right. probably whatever's the most, the most convenient. convenient. So the reason why I say a beat lease is a commodity is because there's hundreds of thousands of producers trying to sell beats online. Right. And mm-hmm. like, I get it. Like, you're a producer. Like, every beat you make is a beautiful snowflake and it's your baby <laughs> and like, it's incredible, but it's like a classic. <laughs> and like, but the truth is there's so many producers. And like, yeah, maybe a good amount of them are not there very good, right? Yeah, but there's yeah. actually a lot of good producers. Like there are that's a good amount that are yeah. actually good, right? Especially so like, now. Yeah, yeah. More and more every day, right? Yeah. These kids. Yeah. So it's like, so it's a commodity. So like people can get a beat lease anywhere. So now if you want to compete with selling a beat lease, you have to win on either price, which doesn't even work anyways, mm. or convenience. The guys that are running on convenience, the guys that are those gas stations on the corner are the guys that are showing up in those YouTube mm. ranks. So those are the only guys who can win selling a commodity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we already talked about it. there's a ceiling for that anyway. So like, so, so instead what you have to do is create an offer. And basically like creating an offer, it starts with understanding who is your customer. Like 
who exactly are they? What are their hopes and dreams? What do they want? What do they need? Like, how do you speak to them, right? And then from there, you say like, okay, what can I provide to them that they that they want and need? So now it's like, so now you put together a bundle of products and services around that, around who your ideal customer is and who you are. Like, what's your story and your brand? And now all of a sudden you're not selling a commodity, you're selling this offer, this bundle of products and services that's mm. not available anywhere else. So now mm. it's not just, oh yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna get a beat lease or buy one, get two free. It's like, no, you're gonna get 10 beats, plus you're gonna get um, you know, plus I'm gonna mix and master the song for you. Plus, you know, I don't know, my homie does graphic design and he's gonna hook you up. But it's like, but you mm. put it together in a way where you tie it into your story and understanding who your customer avatar, like who that cu- ideal customer is. And now all of a sudden what you're selling is something that you don't, you're not competing with anybody because nobody else is selling that exact offer. It's not mm. a commodity anymore. So basically mm. you're just helping them. Uh, you're just a vessel to help them to get to their end goal. Exactly right. Now, what about the producers where the only thing they really have to offer is beats? They don't know how to mix and they don't really, you know, know anything else that they can offer. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And like, here's the thing is like, you don't, it doesn't need to come from you, right? So like you can read, like, for example, I have in one of, actually a few of my offers, I have some courses, some like information, like, you know, how to rap better, how to market yourself, like different, different courses ones that I haven't created, but I'll reach out to the people who created their cor- these courses. Maybe they're my friends or maybe they're just people who I Googled like mm-hmm. how to rap course or whatever, you know, and you come across them and then you say like, hey, you know, would you be willing, like, I've got this offer, I've got this audience, like, would it be cool if I included this for free as part of my, you know, offer? And a lot of times those guys will say yes, because they created this course two years ago and it's not making a lot of money, but it's, <laughs> it's going to, you know, it's going to get their name in mm-hmm. front of more people. Or maybe you work out a deal with them where it's like, hey, I'll pay you, 20 bucks a month to license it or what, you know, whatever it is. Like you can, so it doesn't have to be you. Same thing with mixing and mastering. You find somebody, there's some dude who's, who's in anywhere, who's in the Philippines, who's got like a laptop, who's dope with, with headphones. Fire master. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you just find them. Right. Uh, and then you say, Hey, cool. Like I'll, I can, I can like, what, what kind of deal can you do for me? And they'll be like, I don't know. I'll, I'll do mixes for 20 bucks all day or whatever. like somebody will. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you can include that as part of your offer without it. Um, without having to charge a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So the same thing with that, you know, graphic design, um, different products and services, taking other producers' beats and including that in your offer as well. Um, there's all kinds of ways that you can take stuff that you didn't personally create, but in, include it in your offer. Mm. I think that's a huge gem because I think a lot of producers, they get caught up in the, um, I have they have to wear multiple hats yeah. and it takes a burden off of them by outsourcing it. I think that's a, mm-hmm. another gem. Absolutely. So, another gem. So... What you saying about your you telling your story and stuff like that and creating that personal connection, and I understand that's like having a personal brand. Yeah. So, what's the best way to create that personal brand and making that connection without making it corny? You know, man, it's tough. Like to me, it's 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 probably gonna feel corny at first. Honestly, it takes practice. Like the way that people get good at being on camera and talking and telling their story is by being on camera and talking and telling their story. Like, there's no way around it. So the first 20, 100 times you do it, you're going to feel awkward. It's probably going to be corny. And that just (laughs) is what it is. Like, I still, like, I've been more on the personal brand, you know, trying to focus on that more recently. But, like, for me, like, I'm super introverted. Like, I I get, like, hella bad anxiety. Like, I'm not the kind of person who, like, does like talks and gets on like I don't even like to talk when I'm hanging out with my friends you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. but I've understood like the value of it for my business and so Mm -hmm. it's a it's a skill that I've been practicing you know and I'm I'm way far from where I 
want to be and hope maybe I'll get someday. But compared to where I was like two years ago, I've gotten a lot better. So right. it really just comes down to practice. Just hop on, go on your Instagram, go to Instagram stories, do a little selfie video. You're going to feel weird and just be like, here's what I did today. Or like, what I like, and it's, and, and the more you do it, the more it goes two ways. You're going to find your own voice more of like, oh, cool. Like actually I, I like talking about this stuff and you're going to start getting reactions. We're like, oh, I talked about this random whatever. And like, I, that's what I got the most responses to. Like, all right, I guess maybe I'll talk more about that. You know what I mean? So really, there's no shortcut, I don't think, other than you just start doing it. Mm. Now, when you say random, you mean stuff that uh, might not even pertain to music or beats and stuff? Definitely, definitely. A lot of times, that's the stuff that really creates that connection, right? Like right. you're both interested in sports or some mm. whatever, like, I don't know, whatever, shoes, I don't know. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like that, a lot of times, that's the kind of stuff that really strengthens that connection sometimes even more than just the music, you know? So right. definitely, yeah, don't so you, be afraid to include that stuff. So you got to build a relationship with things that are more than just what you're trying to sell them, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like Exactly, I mean. exactly, yep. And now, now we, we, you know, a personal brand is important everything, but, you know, you and Anna Domini mm -hmm. both have made a million dollars in the past year or whatever, and both your social media is nothing too crazy like yeah you know what i mean it's not like thousands and thousands of followers or thousands of followers but it's not like real high engagement not really anything so yeah how important is you know your social media branding you know to so this is good timing this is interesting so like yeah my social media is trash like my youtube is <laughs> I don't say like it. it's, it's, it's fine it's fine we can just say it we can just say it what i've gotten really good at is this other side that we're talking about, the the funnel, you know, the sales funnel, the sales process, right? Mm -hmm. And that's been good enough to get me to a million dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just talking to the guys at Cymatics, right? I was just right. spending a whole day with them yesterday. Um, and it's crazy. They kind of had a similar path where like, um, they got really good at that side of it and they got to a certain point and they're making good amount of money, like similar to what we're making now. And then they actually, they connected with Gary Vee and they did this whole like high-end thing where they, connected with him personally and, and and his team and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, he's always preaching about personal brand and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I guess it clicked in a, in a different way when they did that. And so they've been focusing on that for the last, like, year and a half. And he showed me his numbers now. And it's, like, double or more. And in converting into, like, leads and sales. Not just, like, yeah, their social media is crazy. But, like, once I saw the back end of that, like, this is literally yesterday. Yeah. It made, like, I've been talking about this stuff and doing way better job than I had been in the past. But now that I actually see the numbers of like, oh my God, like this really, really works. Like hopefully, like, you know, I don't want to call my shot too much. Hopefully like my Instagram and stuff in the next year is going to be at a whole different level. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's my plan at least. We'll, mm. You know, we'll see how it goes. So it's not the end goal is just to have a super lit Instagram. It's to have a super lit Instagram that's funneling, creating more leads. Exactly mm. right. And that's the part, I think people get that backwards and they think, that the that's the first most important thing or they, they think right. that's the end game they think that's all it is like cool i got a, a big instagram but like trust me most the people who have those bigger social media followings are making way less money have way less customers have way less people on their email list less people on their messenger list like all that kind of stuff it's just that one metric that they're seeing that a lot of people see and they think that that's winning the game but like that's mm. the wrong you're looking at the wrong number there you mm. know what i mean like there's value there for sure but it's not the most important thing Mm. Now, how do you feel about like growth hacking and, uh, you know, really focusing on that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great because it's just any, any way that you can reach your audience is, is good, right? Mm. Like I'm, I'm a strong proponent of like your email list, your messenger list and your SMS list, 
because those are the people that you can contact directly whenever you want. But if you can reach them through your Instagram, you know, if you, because Instagram right now has like crazy organic reach. It's mm -hmm. like pretty much the only, you know, like Facebook, zero organic reach, right? Right. But like Instagram right only. now, what's that? Facebook's pay for play only. Only, only. And, and Damn, my only? guess is Instagram will be in, who knows, a year, two, wow. who knows? Just probably, right? Yeah. It's owned by the same dude. Like that's, mm. that's probably where it'll go. But like right now, the organic in there is is great. So like if you have that following and you're getting that engagement, then it's in a way, it's just as good as your email list. The thing that's not as good as your email list is like your email list will stick with you as those platforms evolve and change and, mm -hmm. and go to the next one. So what's important is like know what's working right now and like get the most out of it. Like if Instagram organic is going crazy right now, like go in on it. Cool. But also have your people on an email list. Also have them on a messenger list so that when that starts to fizzle out and you've got the next thing, you can start pushing those people there. Because yeah. there's there's too many people that are so reliant on one channel where like mm -hmm. if Instagram went away tomorrow, their business went away tomorrow. Mm -hmm. If YouTube went away tomorrow, their business went away tomorrow. So like you got to like be smart about that. Like have people on a couple different platforms, especially the email messenger or SMS, and then focus on whatever is going to be the best, you know, social media platform for you at that time and be aware of how those things are evolving. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, go ahead. I have a question. Okay, so so you got a super high following. Like, we have a really good following on social media right now. How, what do you do to get that following to get email? Like, how do you get the email list from that following and not, um, hey, just drop your email away? Like, you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to offer them something, right? You got you to gotta give them some, some cool incentive. And it can be, it doesn't have to be like getting leads and sales, like I think sometimes people feel like you got to be salesy or pushy. Right. But you can actually create more goodwill by doing it. Like, hey, get this free sample pack or whatever. Like whatever it is, like, you know, opt in here. Like, bam, easy, right? But I guess, I guess I'm more asking, so like for like a, do you use the, um, like on Instagram, the polls where they write in their answer and then you take those emails and then put it into a list or... You get something them to like comment, the, oh, or? you're talking about like the the mechanics of it, like yeah, the technology I, of it. Yeah. So something like that would be cool to do to start, mm -hmm. but it's going to be really hard to scale that, right? right? Once you get to a certain point, you don't want to like copy and paste, paste from your, the, the like you know. Comments. So if you're just starting out, that's cool. Like do stuff that doesn't scale, right? Like mm -hmm. just be like, hey, just DM me your email address and I'll email. Like that's fine. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, you need stuff that scales. So that's when you start using tools like ClickFunnels, where it's like now you're sending them to a landing page, like we talked about. Uh, okay, you know, and that's okay. then that's the mechanics where they're entering their email, and you've got that all automated with whatever with whatever uh, email right. service you're using. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Now I've heard you uh, you dropped a major gem in um, one year interview. I think you even did it more than once. Um, with the where you're talking about how you got creative in getting emails, and can you share that with the audience? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got a couple, but I think you're probably talking about the the cold email hack that that one of that where yeah, I'm talking the, about the Gmail. Scraper, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so this is a cool one where like. This is like the, um, it's kind of like, the, they, they call it, like, there's like the white hat stuff and the black hat stuff. Like the white hat is like, you know, what you're supposed to do. The black hat is like, you know, illegal <laughs> in some way. This is like, this is like gray. Gray area. It's like gray area. Um, but yeah, this, was, this is something that's worked really well for me. So basically the concept is scraping people's emails and then sending them a cold email, meaning they're not on your list or anything. Some people call that spam, but we're going to call it a cold email introduction here. Um, and then from there, you're going to offer like them, just like you do in your YouTube channel or whatever, some free beats. And be like, hey, what's up? You know, this is Gabe from Legion Beats. Um, I happened to come across your SoundCloud profile. I noticed you had your email and your bio. I hope it's cool that I hit you up. 
Um, I'd love to work. If you're interested, click here for some free beats. Mm. Bam, now I'm sending them to that funnel. And so from there, it's all legit. Right. Right. So that's that's the concept. So then, so that takes a long time, right? So then it's like, okay, how can you scale that up? So there's a few different things. So there's one um, that works really well. There's a Chrome extension called Email Extractor, free, free extension. And what it does is anytime on a page there's emails, you click one button and it'll copy them all. And it'll, and then you could paste that into whatever you want, right? So you could go to like, for example, you go to Twitter and say like, I need beats or whatever. Uh, or you go to Facebook. You search it, right? Yeah, you search for it. Sorry, you go to Twitter search, exactly right. Or you go to Facebook and search for um, drop emails below uh, uh, for beats or something like that, right? And you'll see like hundreds of emails pop up. Because producers do that as a tactic. You're or saying, exactly right. do it. Or, yep, exactly okay. right. Exactly. Right. Either all this valuable information out there for the... Yes, yeah, so, and okay. there'll be like 50 okay. emails that like will pull up, right? They'll be yeah. right there. So then you click on that email extractor Chrome extension. You click one button. It copies all of them. So now from here, okay, cool. That was a quick way to get all those emails. So now you could go into Gmail and like paste each one one by one. You could do the BCC thing, mm-hmm. which is like... People can see it. Like yeah. they see mm-hmm. that you're like sending it and it's not from there. And then if they reply, it replies in one thread and it, it's kind of messy. So then if you want to scale that, there's another Chrome extension called GMAS. What GMAS does, this thing is crazy. So it'll take it'll take your Gmail and basically turn it into like an autoresponder, like a Gmail or, or sorry, like a like a MailChimp or something mm-hmm. like that. So what so what you do is you take all, let's say you just took two minutes and scraped 200 email addresses, mm-hmm. you put them all in the two field you know, in, in Gmail, and then you click the little GMAS button. It'll pop up with a little GMAS button when you have the Chrome extension installed. And when you click that button, it will, GMAS on the back end will create individual emails and send out 200 individual emails to each one of those people. Mm, so instead of copying and pasting it to the individual email. Exactly right. And then you can do stuff where it can even follow up. Like two days later, if they don't reply, be like, mm. hey, what's up? Like, uh, just wanted to make sure you saw this, you know. And then you could do, you could set it where like, Eight days later, like, hey, just, you know, don't mean to bother you. Just want to follow up one last time. If you mm-hmm. want to work, you know, hit this link. If not, no worries. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy, too, because of that, those, like, follow-ups, like, so many more people respond to that third one. Because yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, my bad, bro. Like, right, yeah, right. I'll, I'll check it out now or whatever. And so uh, you automate all that with, like, you just click one button and, like, it sends it to those 200 people. And you could do that every day. Mm. I have a question. Yeah. So what happens when you come in contact with the emails that bounce back or... It's like a, another producer when you're trying to target an a artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, great question. So as far as emails bouncing back, oh, so that reminds me of something too. You don't want to do this on your main Gmail account because it is kind of gray, right? So like you don't want to get like in any spam filters or anything like that. So first of all, just create a new Gmail account and mm-hmm. create as many free Gmail accounts as you want. Um, so that's one thing. And if your bounce rate is super high, you know where it's like it's an email that doesn't work, mm-hmm. then Gmail might be like, Eventually, they're going to be like, okay, this guy is like spamming people. Right. Because right. technically you are. But so what you can do is you can go to a service like uh, Bulk Email Validator. Mm-hmm. You upload the emails there. It does this process super quickly where it's like somehow, I don't understand how the technology works, but it'll basically check to see which of those emails are going to bounce. It'll take those out of that list. And now you now you have a nice clean list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was in what, that what is my question too You were good. talking about that in your Mixer G1. I thought that I was, that was super crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, it like it validates if all of them are active or not. I thought yep. that was crazy. crazy. Yeah, and that will keep those those bounce rates low. It'll keep Gmail happy and, and right. then you can send those out. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's talk talk about a little bit. I know we kind of talked about it briefly. So you got your emails. Um, you know, they're getting that. They're getting the free beats. So you, 
So from that that uh, the email hack you just told us, you're sending them to somewhere where they get the free beats and they have yes. to put their email in to get the free beats. Exactly. And now they're on your real your real um, mail uh, mail list or whatever. Yep. And then and then so now you're taking them up that value ladder. Talk to us more about that value ladder and uh, you know the producer funnel. Yes. Uh, business yeah. model. For sure. So like from there. You know, the the first thing that they're going to see, like we talked about, right, they they opt in, they see that video, you're starting to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what's important is like knowing who that customer is because you want to be talking directly to that customer. Meaning like if you think about like the way that you talk to your mom compared to the way that you talk to your friends, compared to the way that you talk if you're being recorded on a podcast, like it's different, right? It's just right. human nature, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start speaking into a camera, when you're just like, Hey, this is Gabe from Legion Beats. Like, I hope you guys like these beats. Like, you don't you don't know who you're talking to. So a lot of times, that's part of why people seem so dry when they're when they're on camera. So mm-hmm. if you have that person in mind and like really have that person in mind, like like give them a name, give them like give them a whole backstory. Like you know, fucking Bobby from Atlanta, who's 23 years old, and Bobby. you know went to one. <laughs> My boy Bobby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, went to you know dropped out of college, but he loves music and bubble and like. So now what happens is every single thing you do when you're when you're getting on that camera when you're writing those emails instead of like writing generically, you're writing to that dude, and now all of a sudden like it doesn't sound so dry. You sound like a real person because you're mm. talking to you know, a real person, like in your mind, right? Um, So that would be the first thing. And then also with Bobby in mind, you want to create that offer, right? So now that first offer is going to be like a relatively low ticket item. Like I'd say definitely less than $50, probably less than $40 on that first one. Yeah. Because you want it to kind of be a no-brainer, like, oh my God, he's stacked on all this value. He's got his homie who's going to mix the record in the Philippines and he's got like, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, like all the cool stuff that you put together in your little bundle. Um, And that's the first thing they see. Mm Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can do stuff where, like, you can you can give them upsells, right? Which is kind of like, hey, cool, like, you just got that offer, like, great job. That was a great choice you made. Here's this next thing that is going to, you know, help you get results 10 times faster or, or 10 times better or whatever. Like, you know, just, just as an example, let's say you didn't include the mixing and mastering on that first part. Mm-hmm. The next part could be like, yo, you just got a bunch of great beats. That's awesome. It included this other stuff. Cool. Um, you know, so you could record that and you can mix it yourself and it'll probably, you know, sound okay. But like, if you want it to sound amazing, here's this next thing you need, you know? And so you can keep kind of stacking, like giving more offers, right? Mm-hmm. So then you could be like an upsell. There could be another upsell. Um, and then what's amazing, well, like the best part about this is you've got them on your list. Mm-hmm. So now you can use that to continue to communicate with them. So now you're still, you're telling your story. You're maybe pushing them back to that offer page if they haven't bought but also you can offer them different stuff in the future because now mm-hmm. they're on your list. So like you can build that relationship. You can build that rapport. Unlike if they just click over to your beat store and they don't buy, then they just disappear. Right. right. They just, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. Run. Right. Yeah. Go. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times even if they buy, like you can collect those emails, but a lot of people aren't even doing that. Right. You know? <laughs> so, so then you develop that relationship. Now you can offer them the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. What would be the next offer? Because I could see how someone thinks, okay, offer them my beats, offer them mix and master. That's pretty much all I got. What's the next step after that? What's the what's the next value proposition after that? Yeah, I mean, you can structure it so many different ways. If it, you know, like I was saying earlier, if you feel like you've run out of stuff, then mm-hmm. like what what can I offer from somebody else, right? Maybe maybe it is a course that somebody else has created. Maybe it's um, you know, it it could be anything. Maybe um at a certain point 
like you can start getting into continuity and getting into like a subscription model, like a mm. membership. I just, I'm like hesitant to talk about that because like you really want to get, it's so much harder to sell and it's harder to fulfill on. So like- Keep up with. Yeah. 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 So like, it's great. Like you should want that as a goal, but get really good at this first part that we're talking about of getting people in, driving that traffic, getting them to opt in, giving them that that offer, Mm -hmm. getting them to buy. Once you're good with that and you've developed that, now you have this community, you now have this people- that that to me eventually would be the next thing would be that some type of membership yeah. or subscription right. thing but I just like I almost don't like to say it because like people try to do that from off the bat, right off the bat and it's yeah. just like but on way fail. more they, than they can chew yeah yeah because then you because so the when when it's not a membership you know it's as close to residual as can be nothing's like 100 percent pure residual but when you when you bring in that membership now now you got a job because you got you got people that are signed up to this membership and you got to make sure that you're giving them what they pay for every month. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some gems on Facebook ads and uh, driving people to your funnel through those ads? Yeah. So we we spend a lot of money on Facebook ads, but like we do it profitably, right? Mm-hmm. We make we make more than that money back. So like, um, yeah, as far as tips, I mean, one thing I'll just say as far as like big picture is like, I hate it. Like there's there's a lot of producers who will tell you like, oh, don't do Facebook ads. Like I tried it. Like it, it doesn't work. Like Right. And it's like, to me, that's like, you're telling people not to cash in on one of the biggest opportunities that we have in our lifetime right now. Like Facebook mm. ads, it's crazy. Like, okay, so like Mark Zuckerberg, he owns Facebook, he owns Instagram, he bought WhatsApp, he owns something called the Audience Network, which is basically he can get your message in front of people who are on the Facebook Messenger app, who are on the Facebook app, who are on Instagram, who are on basically every other game and like you can have your shit show up on tinder like everywhere right <laughs> uh, so we say Thanks. facebook ads but really it's using the facebook ads manager to reach his whole audience which Got is about you. three mm. billion people right and there's like Dang, what seven half the world billion right. people in the world right so it's like the whole planet basically right so like it's it's incredible it's amazing right and not only can you reach all those people you can get crazy hyper targeted about who you're reaching mm. so you can reach the exact right people so it's like Facebook ads are amazing. So anybody who tells you they don't work is just, they just, they're not doing it right. So, um, but you do have to spend some money because you have to like spend some money to figure out what works. There's there's no getting around it. Like you have to test stuff. Mm. Uh, But yeah, I guess as far as getting into specifics, like, you know, one big thing that already kind of makes sense with what we're talking about is what producers will try to do is they'll do an ad that goes to their beat store, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the exact same problem that we've been talking about, right? Which is people aren't going to click in the first place. Mm -hmm. And if they do, even less are going to buy. And then from there, the relationship is over anyways. Mm -hmm. So like just that alone, just the fact that now you've got it set up the way that we've been talking about. Now, all of a sudden, what you're you're worried about more than the sale is the lead. Like, did they opt into my email list? Because at a certain point, you know, okay, for every hundred people that opt into my email list, this many people buy, the product costs this much. Therefore, I know every lead is worth to me, you know, $3 or whatever. And now all of a sudden I can just look at Facebook. Now it's like a game. I can look at Facebook in the ads manager and they'll tell me, okay, each lead right now, I'm getting them for 60 cents. Mm. Now you're just printing money. Right, right. Because if you're spending 60 cents and you're getting $2 out, it's like a magic ATM machine. <laughs> like that's that's incredible. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's that's sort of big picture. That's kind of the game. That's how you that's how you win at that. Now, so what what do the best ads look like? Are they just like Someone holding their phone up, you know, to a beat. Is it them talking like, hey, I got an offer for you? Is it a picture? What would what, what have been your experience? Yeah, this this will be an unsatisfying answer, but it's really about testing. So I've done pretty much all those things you've talked about. I've done ones where it's me talking on camera, um, and those have done really, really well. 
I've done ones where it's like the behind the scenes, like me making a beat or like pretending because I like made it like a year ago or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But you know, like everyone's got everyone's got a little cap in the game. Like one of the videos, one of the videos where like they're playing the beat and like acting like they're making it. Yeah, yeah oh yeah, exactly. oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, those have done really well for me. I've done ones where like I've got like a great uh, graphic designer on my team, Matt, who does just all kinds of cool ideas where it'll, it'll you know just be like a picture of a microphone and they'll say like finish that album, you know, and then it's like, mm. and then it becomes about the copy, it becomes about the text that, you know, shows mm. up above or below it. Um, so all that stuff is work for me and and you just kind of have to test it out, honestly, and see. But but those will be three good ones to start with. Like, try it with you talking on camera, try doing it like, here's me in the studio making the beat and try like some random graphic that says, you know, get some free beats or whatever. Oh, okay. But so, the one thing not to do is to put money behind a Facebook ad of someone just leading straight to the beat store without collecting emails. If it's just a beat store, it's going to be really tough. And that's why it's people not say efficient, right? And that's why yeah. people say it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not getting nothing out of it. I, I definitely see the concept there because, you know, you're, you're buying that email basically at the end of the day because now you got that for until they unsubscribe. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you recommend everybody to split test, like everybody, because they don't know at first what's going to work. Yeah, so everybody and, and, should split test. Yeah, for sure. Like you have to test everything. And like, Split test can just mean like literally like, okay, let me just try this ad for five days and be like, cool, that did okay. Let me try this ad for five days. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be like there is like ways like in Facebook ads manager to set up a, a split test and mm -hmm. it can get more complicated or whatever. But like literally mm -hmm. just try stuff for a little while, see how that works. Try something else for a little while, right. you know, and see how that works. Right. Now, what are what are some good budgets to start with? And if you really want to scale, like say you want to get to six figures, what do you think your monthly budgets would have to look like? Man, it can it can range so much. I would say as a minimum, like you got to spend, it, I would say at least five bucks a day. Like that would be like your just minimum to just know if something's going to work or not. Like yeah. anything below that and you you just, you don't know. Mm. Um, and even then, if you're doing five bucks a day, it's going to take a few days before you have enough data enough people who have seen that ad to be able to make any kind of decision of if it's working if it's profitable um and then as far as scaling up i mean it's kind of like the sky is the limit like as long as you're seeing that that positive return on ad spend meaning like we're talking about you're putting in money and you're getting more out like to me just keep scaling keep spending more and more you know we've done stuff where we're we're like we're in the middle of a some some kind of launch like we have some kind of special deal right some kind of special bundle like we've been talking about like right a bundle of products and services but like it's not a year-round thing. It's like, hey, only for the next five days you can get this like crazy deal, right? And so when we were doing that, um, we've had times where we're spending five thousand dollars a day, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, but it's great because we're making back Way seven, more. ten, twenty, you know, whatever it is um, on those ads. So really, there's no limit to go high. It's just make sure you're watching it to make sure that you're still profitable. Right. I forget. I remember I saw this. Um, I was watching this interview in this company. It's a major company, something like a uh, TikTok or something like that. They said that they put almost 90% of their expenses are strictly towards Facebook ads. Like, I thought that was Sheesh. absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, we, yeah. They're multi I think they were a multi-billion dollar company. I really wish I knew what company it was, but that just blew my mind. I believe it's because like it's one of the biggest opportunities of our lifetime. Like yes. it'll probably go away. Like it's gonna if nothing else, more and more of these billion dollar companies because it's a, it's a bidding type thing, right? You're bidding for that spot. So if somebody else is outbidding you in the news feed or wherever, then like you lose. You don't show up or you show up to a less quality. You know, so like at the very least, it's gonna get more and more expensive. And then now you know they've got all the privacy stuff and who knows? Like all this stuff evolves. So like same concept as before is like okay, 
Instagram organic works right now. So go out, so do it, like do it now and like understand it's going to shift. But like right now, Facebook ads is the shit. Like mm, you should right. be on it. Like mm. you're going to be mad in two years when everybody's like, oh, remember the good old days? You just put 60 cents in and $2 came out. Right, like, right. On a beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so obviously when you started your whole process of online beast selling, you had some credentials, you had some names to drop. Mm-hmm. How important is that? And uh, how can guys kind of, is this something that guys can do without having, you know, major credits? Because, you know, I mean, obviously you've uh, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, just to name a few, some of them. Yeah. So for me, first of all, a lot of those came from engineering. So that's like, like I was saying earlier, like the engineering is like huge, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so I think it helps, you know, it definitely helps. But really what it comes down to is telling your story, right? So like my story, which is true, was like, hey, I tried the industry way. I even had some success. I had some songs on the radio. I work with some guys that you guys have heard of, but it didn't work for me. So now what I'm doing is building my own personal brand and being independent, but also for artists, like the message is, hey, you don't need the labels. You can be independent. Like we're going to give you the tools and resources that you mm. need to succeed. And so that's kind of, that's what my story and our story and our product is, right? Mm. But it's pretty specific to us, right? right? So like some other producer listening to this who doesn't have any credits, who's just starting up, maybe their story is, hey, like, you know, I discovered this love for music. And like, you could even like, kind of like differentiate yourself from from someone like me and maybe kind of like, I don't want to say talk shit, but be like, you know, like, oh, these other, these other production teams, like they don't even care about you. Like for me, I, I like literally personally answer every single email. I will like personally talk to you and, and whatever. And that's, that's your story and that's your offer. So you just have to figure out what are your strengths and then that's what your messaging and that's what your offer is around. So like for us, yeah, it works great. Cause that's, that is my story. And so that, that ties into what we're doing, but I don't think you need that. I've seen people be successful without, without that for sure. Mm-hmm. But you better follow through. If you're going to say, like, you're all I care about and I'm going to personally respond yeah, on every single what, what one, you, you think, better. What, what about <laughs> somebody, like, making a fake story? Just to, just making a fake story just to reel in customers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want the audience to get the feel that you're just saying, like, yo, make a story. Oh, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So when I'm saying story, yes, it should be your story. Right. Like, it should be, like, yeah, story sounds like it's something fictional. Just like, make no, like, story, man. <laughs> yeah, just, just make it up. Man, no, no, like, no. Like, yeah, no. Crazy, <laughs> I made beats. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, like, like your story that you're telling needs to be true, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, you're going to emphasize certain things that, that are, that make sense in that context. But like, um, yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta be true. Otherwise, people, people will call you out on it or they'll, they'll feel it to some extent for sure. Mm. What are some common marketing mistakes you see producers making? I'm not talking about, you know, buying ads and sending them to a beat store. Um, more like kind of stuff like maybe a lot of people wouldn't even think of like colors and logo and names. I've heard a lot of tags that are like, I don't know if I'd buy a beat just because of the tag kind of thing. <laughs> Damn, for real? What? <laughs> no, I guess I've heard some bad tags. Um, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, to me, I like to focus on big picture first, right? So like to me, like the color of a of a button makes a difference, right? It might make a half a percent difference or a 1% difference. But the thing that you're selling, that offer you put together could be a 300% difference. Right. So to me, it's almost like I'm not too worried about that stuff because I'd rather work, let's, let's start with big picture first because if you're trying to change the color of your button and, and you don't even have a click funnel set up. Yeah, or you right. just don't have a good offer. You don't have, you know what I mean? The bigger picture stuff, you're not telling your story in a good mm-hmm. way or whatever. Like, to me, I'd rather focus on that stuff. But I guess as far as little stuff, I mean, it's it's sort of, uh, 
it should be common sense, right? Like, it's, you don't want it to look horrible. You don't want it to sound horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so maybe if you know that you're somebody who doesn't have a great eye for this kind of stuff, like have your friend look at it who's going to be honest. But like, yeah, you don't want to have a horrible logo. You don't want to have, be- you know, like all that stuff to me is like common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not sure, then like, yeah, ask a friend or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything specific in uh, maybe like the YouTube videos or titling or anything um yeah i'm not a i'm not an expert on the youtube type like i don't my youtube's garbage so mm-hmm. <laughs> like i said mm-hmm. um so yeah no i don't know um i don't have anything on that specifically um as far as those kind of little tactics and stuff i mean i'll say this so like on instagram so like it's all about engagement right so the thing that you want is engagement so like one so a cool little little hack is like the way that you, one of the ways that your content is going to show up high on somebody's uh, stream is if Instagram thinks that they care about your content, right? That's basically what it comes down to. They want their users to have a good experience so they keep coming back so they can keep running ads so like people like me and these billion dollar companies keep keep spending that money. So, so that's how that algorithm works. So one of the ways that you can kind of uh, cheat that algorithm is if you've DM'd with somebody, they're like, oh, these people care about each other, right? Mm. So like you can do stuff kind of like what you, like you'd mentioned that earlier, like drop your email and your, so maybe you don't want to do that specifically, mm-hmm. but it could be like just in your stories, you could be like, um, you know, where are you guys from? Drop your location and, and draw like a little arrow down to where they can DM you right back. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, if you get 50 people or 10 people or one person to hit you back, your content's gonna, content Pop is going to show up. Stream. Yeah, it's going to show up higher there. Gym. That's a and big, then, gym, big gym. Yeah, and then from there, the second way the algorithm, yeah. algorithm works is like, that's who it's going to show it to in the first place. And then how much early engagement does it get? So the fact that it's showing up in more people's streams first means you're going to get more likes and comments early in those first one, 10 minutes. And now that's going to get shown to more and more people. Yeah, I've mm. heard about that. Mm. Yeah, that's big right there. Yeah. Mm. Super gem. Gems, man. So I know you've kind of bundled up a nice course, uh, you know what I mean, where you kind of go deeper on everything you've just talked about. Can um can you tell tell people a little bit about the course? Yeah, no, this is something I'm super excited about. We just um launched this not too long ago. So I teamed up with with Anno Domini, who's like mm-hmm. the dude that I was have have always looked up to. And then, you know, he's again the the other guy who's made a million dollars um selling beats online, specifically using funnels. And so like, um, so we kind of got together and uh basically created this training, you know, just to show people like, and it was it's funny, like I was talking to my team about it, and it's like do we want to do this? Like, we kind of have this crazy competitive advantage where, like, right. nobody else is doing. Like, that's right. part of why we're, we've made so much money. And it was like, yeah, I want to. Because, like, to me, I love teaching this stuff. Like, I'm I'm a nerd, like you guys can tell. Like, I'm a nerd about this <laughs> marketing stuff and all this. Like, so I love talking about it. I love teaching it. Like, I love working with producers. You know, like, I like working with artists and stuff, too. But, like, there's something special. Like, you know, I'm a producer. So, right, it's, right, you know, right. so there's something about that. And so... Um, so we made the decision to do it of like, all right, we're just going to give the game away. Like, we're just going to, we're just going <laughs> to, we're going to teach people how, like all everything. Um, and so we kind of teamed up and we created this, this training, um, where we basically go deeper into all the stuff we talked about and also not just talk about it sort of theoretically, like we have here, we actually literally give you our funnels, our pages, our emails, the sequence, like we give you as much as we possibly can to make you be successful. And then, you know, you got to fill in a couple of things. You got to fill in what's your story, what's your, you know, stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I'm super excited about it. We've been seeing crazy results where it's like, 
it's like so cool to see like because it's tough man it's tough selling beats online and so there's people who like they've been trying to sell beats for years and like haven't really had much success and they and they you know they go on this and it's like bam like whoa i got sales like i launched this and i got a sale a few hours later like that's never happened or like Mm -hmm. bam like you know, or or there's some people who are more experienced who have been kind of toying around with this kind of stuff but didn't have quite the game. Because, like, you can understand the concept of funnels and read up on some of this stuff, but to actually have the exact funnel that converts really well for our audience makes all the difference. So there's a couple guys in there, like, who are super experienced. Actually, we it's, like, pretty impressive. Like, I've been, like, humbled and honored to see, like, all these producers that I'm like, oh, these are, like, the dope, like, best-selling producers have, like, bought the course. And they're like, mm. you know, so that's, that's been really cool. And um, seeing some of those guys, the results they get is is crazy because like now it's just adding one little piece like, oh, I just didn't see that piece. And they're making, you know, we had a guy who's made like 2000 bucks within like, I think a week of signing up, wow. you know, Jeez. on top. And he's somebody who like, just to be clear, like he's had experience. He understood the concept before to some extent. He just didn't have the exact things. And once he had that, like, bam, it just, it changed everything. So like, so it's been cool to see everything from people who like literally never sold a beat in their life. You know, which to me is like, I'm happy for them because it's like, if I knew about this before I even really started it the other way, then uh, I'd be like, you know, right. I would have saved a lot of time and money and energy and effort. So like, um, so yeah, so it's been cool. Yeah, I, I, I grabbed the course a couple of days ago, you know, when I started doing my research, when we were um, found out we were about to interview. And I've definitely like done some exploring that I haven't seen. Like, there's a lot of content, that, like a lot of the videos are like an hour, two hours, you know, worth of content. Um, and uh you think, um, but you now you also you break down exactly like how to build like you you break down the the system of click funnels like how to build and how to even get started and all that right yeah we actually more than just break it down um so click specifically has this cool thing where you can you can literally share a funnel so you can so i can take my funnel and i can clone it into your account so it mm. like literally is all there now you just got to like swap out your logo swap with a little video so we don't just give you we actually mm. give you that funnel and then we talk you through the theory of like here's where you should tweak here's where you need to change here's you know so yeah make me want to sell beats online now. <laughs> <laughs> now but um now we, we uh the 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 page is up there right so yeah. there's a yep. special offer right now so they can go check it out yep absolutely so if you go to uh legionbeats.com slash producer grind um we have a free training that talks about a lot of this stuff um, that then we'll show you how you, if you want to get even deeper into it, we'll show you how to do that. But just on that free training, you'll get, a t- you know, if, if you liked any of this stuff, if you felt like you learned something here, you're going to love that training. Um, and that training is free. And then you'll see there's an offer, you know, walk towards, you through the ladder. We're going to walk you up the value ladder. We're going to ask for your email address first, right? right. And then we're going to give you a bunch of incredible content. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to create an offer for you that you're, right. is going to be irresistible because it's going to be amazing. Right. Doing so, yeah. the, the Russell Brunson. Right. Exactly. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been a part of a click funnel. <laughs> this is a click funnel podcast. Uh, but it's like super gems. Like even if people just go off of just this podcast alone, I'm more than convinced that they'll see numbers change and they'll have yeah. their their whole mindsets are gonna change. And it's it's big that you even um like you guys said, it's real honest. Like, do we want to even give this away? Because in a couple, in a year, two years, everyone's gonna have this template, but oh, it's yeah. the next evolution is gonna come after that. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's the wise choice. And uh, honestly, like, you know, if you've seen our podcast, you know, we, we've never, we don't like, be like, oh, click, click below to you know, <laughs> sign up for our clothes and stuff. You know, this is yeah. honestly like, this was something that I was like, damn, this is like, honestly, like, because I, I was watching the videos, I swear to God, I, I like started tweaking stuff on our own site. You that's know what I mean? Nice. Stuff with like little holes that we could patch up and stuff like that. So, um, 
you know, I mean, it's definitely worth checking out, especially just grabbing the free course. Yeah. Um, but my question is, we know what the oversaturation in the current business model looks like. What does mm -hmm. oversaturation in this new producer funnel model look like? Uh, it's not there yet. <laughs> it doesn't exist. I mean, what will it look like? What could it look like? Yeah. Um, like, what is it going to look like if... So All just producers got you a, got you know, a yeah. funnel. You got a funnel. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, get yeah. a funnel. Yeah, so it's a great question. So just like we talked about, like, okay, right now organic on Instagram is crushing it. So go all in, make your money and and be smart and be ready for the next thing. Facebook ads right now is this incredible opportunity. Go all in, crush it, and be ready for the next thing. Right now, using funnels to sell beats is insane. Do it right now. Go all in. And I don't know, maybe in two years we'll have a new course and hopefully I'll figure it out or somebody will figure it out and 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 there will be a new thing, but right now this is the opportunity. Mm, it's it's not oversaturated. It's like the same thing as like the uh, sound click. Yeah, and yeah. Th that was the what it was at that moment, and this is the next transition, and it'll be yeah. a transition after that. Evolution kind of right. thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Do you make beats still? Yeah, it's like yeah, I do. I have it. I have it pretty streamlined now because it's like right. I spend so much time on this right. other side of it. But I, I love making beats, um, and I, I still even engineer a little bit too. But like. I have it pretty streamlined now where like I get in the studio with my production partner, Nate, who's like incredible on the keys. Like dude literally plays a hundred instruments. Like not, not like he plays, like he literally like for fun, he goes on eBay and like finds like, like, you I know. I didn't know a hundred instruments. Yeah, no, I didn't know a hundred, but he'll find like some weird Chinese guitar that you didn't even know existed. And then he'll like, like he'll learn how to like really play it. Wow. So he's just an incredible musician. So that's the dude that I usually make beats with. Um, been working with him since 2006 or whatever. So like we'll get, you know, we'll get in the studio and be super streamlined. Like sometimes it'll be like, I'll just, I'll whip up some drums real quick, have him play some stuff. Or we got people on the team where it's like, okay, send me a loop. Cool. I'll put some drums on it. Or, hey, send me some drums. Cool. I'll have Nate play some stuff on it. You know, mm -hmm. so like, so I've gotten it pretty streamlined now where in a few hours we can knock out a few beats. Mm -hmm. And then I've got, you know, somebody else on my team who's going to take care of all the like exporting it and all the different right, formats right. and mm -hmm. the naming and the titling. And then, and then from there, you know, to post it, you know, getting the graphics and the videos and repurpose for Instagram and YouTube and, right, you right. know. Um, so for me, I just spend those few hours and I'm able to, you know, still make a few beats, at least a few beats every week. Okay. When you're um, putting together a team, there's certain positions that each team has. There's a leader, someone that's orchestrating the whole thing, and then each person has their own different category. When you're in the first steps of building your team, what are like the three main roles that need to be filled at first? Of course, it starts with the overseer, the one that has the whole vision. Yeah. The vision. Yeah, it's going to depend. Um, and I think sometimes people fall into the trap of like, thinking that a team is the thing that's going to make them successful. I, man, preach, man. I feel the same way. <laughs> right? I hear, I hear so many people like, yo, bro, once I got a team, even one of my good friends, I'll put him out on the spot. If he watches this, he's like, yo, I need, once I got the team, I can do it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, bro, like there's so much stuff you can do like before a team even comes into play. You got to have something in motion to where it's too much for you to even keep up right. with it where you need a team. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, he answered with doing. That's literally exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, no, it's that's that's, that's what I it's intercepted about. the play. Yeah, right. no, please, please. Um, yeah, no, that's it. Like honestly, like like make sure that you get to a point to where it's like, don't be like, oh, I need somebody to figure out whatever right. Facebook ads for me, or I need somebody to figure out. Like, no, figure right. it out. Like, spend the time, and then once you get to a point where like, okay, now I can't keep up with this. You know, like you said, like I'm now I've got too much business. Great, that's a good problem. Now you hire out for that position. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's that's how I'd approach it for sure. Start right. delegating and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Don't Ooh. don't use it as an excuse. Put it on yourself and then get get so good at it yourself that that okay. you need help right. to keep up with the demand. Now right. there's one thing we can't get it. I remember you said you said this and I feel like this is a 
thing that I know Dylan's talked about. I th- like we talk about a lot, but it's trusting someone, trusting to train somebody. Something you talked about on the Mixer G- Mixer G podcast. Yeah, about being able to trust somebody. Like I know I'm the only one that can do this. I don't think nobody else could do this as good as me. Talk about that. It's tough, like especially if you've had that mentality that we're talking about, where it's like, okay, I'm gonna learn how to do everything. I'm gonna get really good at it. Like yeah. when you do actually get to that point, it can be like you know, really hard to to have that mindset shift of like, okay, like I'm going to let go of this. You know, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this in somebody else's hands. Um, but what's been pretty amazing is like pretty much every time I've done that, I've been, I've been amazed at like how well they do. And a lot of times, especially because I'm trying to do 10 things at once. Right. And if I'm hiring somebody, hopefully they're doing less. We're still, a, you know, we're small, we're a startup, like everybody's doing multiple roles, but they're more focused than I am, mm-hmm. right? So if they're really focused on that one thing, they might end up doing it better than me, mm-hmm. right? Because right. they're actually spending the time, they care about this one, these one or two things way more than I could possibly have the bandwidth to focus on. Right. right. So it's just trusting and not, not letting your ego get in the way of like, oh, I'm the only person who can answer my emails. It's like, no, like, and, and that's, like, sounds so dumb. But it's true. That was a yeah. thought I had. Yeah, like, oh, true. well, like, people are going to ask all kinds of complicated questions. People don't understand the business enough. They're like, <laughs> you know, that's literally a thought I had. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, I had to go through the process of, like, um, of of handing that off. And, and, and you got to do it in a way where, like, you actually teach them. You have to show them how to win. Like, you can't just hire people and be like, okay, go. Like, you like, got to be do like. Do the emails, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Exactly. You have to have those, like, those procedures in place of like, okay, well, here's how you answer this type of email. Here's what you do in this situation and train them and take the time to do that mm-hmm. right. um, and tell them what to win. Like, how do they win? Like, okay, I'm, you know, we're expected inbox zero every day. Like, that's not realistic, but like, okay, like, you know, we're, we want a, you know, 36 hour turnaround time on average on emails. Like, whatever it is, like, show them how they can win and that way, like, they can feel good that they're winning. Otherwise, like what happens, like entrepreneurs, a lot of times they hire people and they they have these crazy expectations, like because they have crazy expectations for themselves. They put that on the people they they hired, mm. and then they're those people are in a constant state of stress because they never know they never win. Right. Like you got to give them that goal to win and let them run through that goal. Like don't make it some crazy. Like let them run through this goal and then give them the next one. Let them run through that goal and like Baby keep steps. that momentum up. Yeah, and that's the way that you really get a team on board and excited. Is like right. let them win. Like give. Them, give them the next next target that they can hit, mm-hmm. and then the next one, and the next one, and then um, and then you're all just running. Hmm. Hmm. Tell the guy in the Philippines, man, you know, five beats, you know, five beats this week, man. We're, you know what I mean? We're good. <laughs> <We're good. laughs> yes, no, yeah, because you eight, then it's like, oh, great, man. Let's get ten. It's like, ten, I can do that. No, I was, I was joking about the dude mixing in the Philippines. I have two people on my team who are in the Philippines, mm-hmm. and they're they're more on the the customer service side, and and um, and now getting into you know, doing a bunch of other stuff as well, but making like, beats. Uh, not making beats, not yet, not yet. But, um, but yeah, that's, that is, um, yeah. So you don't, so what's, what's great now is like, you don't have to have somebody where you are. Like you can have a team all over the world and you could do it, you know, remotely from anywhere. Yeah. Now I want to talk about, um, kind of a different topic here. Uh, beats with hooks. Now that was something that was real big. Like when I first started getting to making beats like 08, 09, but it kind of like died out, but kind of became like a lost, a lost art, a lost practice, but seems like you're still doing that very frequently. Yes. Yeah, no, that's funny. Not a lot of people ask me about that. To me, it's something that seems so obvious, but people don't really ask me. But yeah, no. Um, so like for me, ever since I started, like when I first started, started like I was trying to get those local placements and stuff like that. And uh, it was a little bit of a struggle. And then like I connected with this dude at the time, uh, uh, Matt Black, who was like 
you know, great singer, you know, songwriter dude. And, um, and he put hooks on a bunch of beats. And I was like, first of all, this sounds great. Like, I'm, I'm happy about this. This is dope. And those, actually, he was crazy. Like, he came through and knocked out, like, five hooks in one night. Like, wrote wow. and recorded and mixed. Like, he was crazy. But, like, um, and I remember the next day, he had a plug to uh, Messy Marv. And this was, like, before we had connected. And this is, you know, if you're from the Bay, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> like, you guys probably don't even know who that is. But, like, I was super, that's, like, it was, like, one of my favorite rappers, right? Gotcha. And I was like, oh, God, I hope he, like, picks one of those beats. And I remember, I remember, uh, Matt hit me in the morning like, bro, he wants all five of those. Wow. And then I was like, oh, shit. You know, and like one of one of those songs was a song called I'm From The Bay, which ended up being like huge. Like, you know, like I've been walking down the street and like hear people like play that in the car. Like mm. it's, you know, um, but I learned from that. So I was like, you know, that's that's something too. Like if something works, like double down on it, triple down on it. So I was like, okay, like let me do more of that. And so it it started to be like every, pretty much every single placement that we got had a hook on it. And mm-hmm. we started just developing relationships with different people who sung hooks, like get dope songwriters. Um, and it just helped us. So, and then we carried that. And then I just carried that over into when I was selling beats online. I was like, cool, let me do beats with hooks on, you know, on everything. I, it got to the point where I would, I basically wouldn't send out a beat unless it had a hook on it wow. for a placement. That's what I do with my beats now online. Like, I, I think I might be the only producer who does this. Like every single beat that we post, we post a version with a hook and an instrumental. Right. Definitely noticed that. Mm-hmm. So, are the is the artist allowed to perform the hook themselves? Like, can, can they buy the non-hook version and and just word for word perform that hook and and, and record it like that? Yeah, for the most part, there are. So, we work with a lot of different songwriters. So, almost all of them are cool with that. A couple of them aren't. And so, you know, if anybody buys that beat and they want to ask us specifically or whatever, then we can let them know. But for the most part, yes, they're allowed to resing it, do whatever they want with it. Like, basically. Uh, and a lot of people do that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, um, to be perfectly honest, a lot of times questionable, like the dude singing it the first time probably did a better job, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> no, that, <I> hear that. <laughs> but not always, not always, you know, I, you know, sometimes, sometimes they flip it in a way that's cool. And and so, yeah, for the most part, we, we do let people do that. It's really up to the, to the person who did the hook. Um, a couple of them aren't comfortable with that, but most of them are. No, I think that's dope because it just gives the artist a direction. Like they might hear the beat and be like, ah, that's cool. But if they hear it with the hook, they're like, got oh, an idea. Yeah. Ah, this is what we're going to do with that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It gives them the vision. And and it's funny, it, it even happens a lot of times, like you said, where like, even if they don't redo the hook, like they'll buy the instrumental, but they'll still take something from it. They'll take the concept or the melody or, you know what I mean? It just gives them that vision. Like if you just hear a beat, like, it's it's another skill to have that vision to hear a song on it. Ooh, so you're yes. you're you're giving you're giving it one step closer. Like oh, this already sounds like something. Like cool. Right. Like I want that. Oh yeah. Now one thing um, I wanted to touch on. Now there's a uh, there's different demographics of artists that buy beats, right? Mm-hmm. There's guys that like they might buy a beat once every couple months or whatever. Um, and there might be guys that are you know buying into these. Um, package deals that you've created where they get the whole process they're investing in um mixing and mastering they're investing in investing in promo what is that um ideal customer look like for your uh this business model so for me we're at a point now where we want people to join our membership you know that that's the point where we're at so for us that's what we want we want people to join we've got a 147 a month membership um it includes beats includes mixing and mastering includes some promo. It includes uh, some community, like a, a private Facebook group. Uh, um, it includes some information products, like teaching people about how to rap, how to market themselves. So that, to us, that's that's where we want people 
to go to. Like for us, that's our business model where we're at, you know, a few years into doing this kind of stuff. So that's who we want. People who want that sort of full service, mm-hmm. sort of almost like artist development mm-hmm. type of thing. So that's that's our ideal customer. Now, would you, would you say that that's like uh, a select group of people or what's the market share on those people? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not, you know, there's less people that are willing to spend 147 bucks a month than yeah. are willing to buy a beat lease once every six months. So for mm-hmm. sure, there's there's less of them, you know, absolutely. But it's just for us, our job is to is to find those people, you know. Gotcha, man. Definitely, definitely some crazy gems over job. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if they want to continue learning, legionbeats.com slash producer grind. Yes. Let everyone know, you know, where they can go and, uh, you know, check out what you're doing on social media and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can go to at Legion Beats, kind of see what we're doing there. Um, honestly, go to legionbeats.com slash producer grind. Like that's, that's where you're going to pick up the most stuff. Like that's where we're giving all the game away. So that's the best one. But yeah, at Legion Beats on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Super sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Appreciate you, man. Man, this has been great. I'm stoked. I'm I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Right, another dope episode in the books, man. Peace, y'all. Signing out.